Hello, and welcome to Living Word Ministries, where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. First of all, I, say, yeah, I just want to second what Dad did and just want to really give thanks to the worship team. That was an amazing praise and worship. Thank God for your lives. We know what God is doing in your lives, the lives of everyone in this church. And we give glory. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Family, I, wanna, I want us now really to, to take heed that this is the last Sunday of September. Do you know how quick time has flown? I remember it like, I wouldn't say yesterday, but for example, Stephen's about to turn one next month. Is it, 23rd? Is it 23rd today or 24th? 24th today, right? Yeah, 23rd of October he was born. And here he is now, and I've got his brother on the way as well. Like, what's happening? That's all in the space of a year. We give thanks, right? Yeah, I work quick. That's how I play. I don't, I don't mess around. Straight in there, in and out. But family, I want us to, I want us to, um, I'm going to be talking about perception today. Now, perception is very, very important on a daily basis. People don't actually understand now, yeah, that perception drives a lot of things in people's lives. Do you know that? Do you agree? Amen. Can I get, um, Renny Bob, can I get the, so perception. So perception, the way in which something is regarded, understood, or interpreted. The way in which something is regarded, understood, or interpreted. I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking, this is, I don't want to call it a series per se, but there's three messages, there's three parts to this. And I want us to be looking at one, how others perceive us. Two, how we perceive ourselves. And three, how God perceives us. But today I'm just going to be talking about how others perceive us. Amen? Amen. People's perception of you as an individual, as a Christian, as an African, as an Englishman, these have effects on your life. How people look at you affects you in the sense of what they can bring out in you. If I'm perceiving you all to be good, I will treat you all as good. I will act towards you all as good. And in turn, most times, not all the time, I will reap the goodness from you. Amen? So I want us, in terms of the verse, I want us to be thinking of today. Have you, my man? Can I get Galatians 6, verse 7, please? Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Amen. Amen. Family, we know 
that God sent his only son to come and die for us. We know that he came here, he walked the earth with us to teach us, to show us. During Jesus' life, he, he was perceived differently by different people. People saw him as good. People saw him as the savior. People saw him as the one and only God, the true living Christ. And people also saw him as evil. People saw him as fake. People saw him as a blasphemer. People saw him as an opportunist. And what those people saw in him brought that out in him. I'm sure you guys, like, I'm going to tell you something, and not, you're not going to believe this, but there are people out there in the world that don't like me. I know. But Sam, I only found this out the other day. There are people on this earth that don't, <laughs> me, a whole me, they don't like me. Ah, yo, dad, don't worry about that, dad. You, dad, then you should have told me. <laughs> and it's a shame for them because they're not reaping the benefits of Stephen. Hey, I said it. Is it on, yes? Yeah? Recording, yeah? Good. <coughs> Tell them. This is what happened with Jesus. When people were perceiving Jesus as wrong, an opportunist, they never reaped the benefits of what Jesus could do for their lives. You feeling me now, yeah? I'm getting the, mm, I'm seeing the heads nodding. I was a bit, I wasn't sure in the beginning. Family, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at, I wanna talk about examples in both my life First of all, I'm not Jesus. I just want to make, because I want to put that on the caveat, because I'm going to be likening situations I've experienced in my life to situations that Jesus has experienced in his. Amen? Amen. So firstly, I want to talk about the good experiences. I want to talk about there are times in life where people that truly know who God, Jesus Christ was, and they held him in such high regard, and they really received the benefits, the blessings, the favor of Jesus Christ. You have to understand that this is the same one person. So on one side, you have people looking at the same thing, holding in high regard, honoring, and on the other side, the same thing. People are looking at the same thing, disregarding, dishonoring. And their results towards that and what they are reaping from that very same thing are different because of what they're putting in. What they are reaping is what you are sowing. Amen. Heavy, bro. Can I get Mark 5, 25 to 34, please? Mark chapter 5, from verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, 
but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of, blo- of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. Thank you, bro. So the story of this woman, this was a woman that had suffered internal bleeding for years. She had seeked help from man, doctors, educated individuals. When she saw Jesus, she was so convicted. Not even I need to talk to him. Not even I need to, for him to pray for me, hold my hands. If I can just touch his cloth, I will be healed. So automatically you can see where, where she holds Christ in her life. And what, and what happened? She was healed. To the point where she was scared to even come forward afterwards and tell him that, you know what, it was me. But when, but when Jesus saw her, when she eventually came forward, he told her, daughter, it is well. Your faith has healed you. Because he put the faith, she put the faith in Jesus. Guys, I'm not Jesus. I wanna say, I wanna, I'm gonna keep saying that because, hold on, let me give an example. Will, I'm always gonna use Will as my example. Will, you remember when we were doing this whole study and we had the securities paper, bro. Now, there was this paper that Will had been taken and he failed it. How many times, bro? He failed it twice. He failed it twice. We were having a conversation. He was like, I've got nothing left, Stephen. I'm not doing it. I'm done. We're done. <laughs> and he tried and, and he, like, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to juice it up here, obviously, yeah, for the benefit of the story. It wasn't that bad, you know? So he was like, <laughs> he was like, Stephen, I've got nothing left, man. <laughs> I was like, well, it's cool, man. Come get some light soup, man. We'll talk you about. But in the conversation, the long story short, I was like, well, you don't have a choice. You're going to do this again. And you'll pass. Now, because Will holds me, hear what I'm about to say, guys. Because Will holds me in a certain position in his life, which is the right position to hold me. <laughs> Let me tell you something, people. Will did the exam again. He did it. He passed. It's, it's that, like, this, is all, this is all part of the, you know what I mean? 
he goes on to be a boss and everyone wins and everyone's happy, happy. He saved the day. But what I'm saying is that there have been times, yeah, so many times where I've mentored people and I've spoken with people and I've spent more time with them, encouraging, growing. You know, maybe if you do this, this will benefit you. And they don't. It's fine. But what I'm saying is, a year, two years down the line, ah, oh, Stephen, man, things aren't going the same way. Oh, okay. Did you do that thing? No, I did. Okay. I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you want me? What do you want from me? It's, it's not even a case of the arrogance or the confidence, but when, when someone truly has that type of faith or belief in you, what you're able to do for that person. Think about loved ones, close friends, mentors. Why do you hold these people in such high regard? Why do these people bring out the best in you? This is Jesus. The power to heal. The power to create. The power to bring forth life. Goodness. Light. All of these things are yours to lose because you already have them. See, people like to say that, oh, this is yours to gain. If you do this, you achieve this, but you already have it. It's yours to lose. You're already here and it's up to you whether you choose to use that or not. We heard now, yeah, dad's always gone on about, remember this whole, if you have a million pounds in the bank. But if you, if you don't go to the bank and withdraw that million pounds and start to use it, what good is having a million pounds? And that's the whole point. Once you, once you are able to understand and hold in high regard, the right things in life, you will continue to reap the benefits of what those things will bear for you. We talk about good company. We're talking about good people. Why it's so important to have good company around you? Because they bring out the best in you. You heard the saying, show me your friends and what? I'll show you who you are. You show me, so, if my best friend is Christ, who am I? Who are you? Amen? Now, on the flip side, the same Jesus that had the ability to heal this sick woman from just the touch of the cloth, he was also disregarded, disrespected, and ironically enough, by people that knew him the most. Harriet, bro, can I please get Matthew 13, 53 to 58, please? Matthew chapter 13 from verse 53. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, 
Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is it not the carpenter's son? Is it not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Amen. Amen. Thank you. This is the same Jesus Christ. And what does it say? He did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Because of where they chose to hold Jesus in their life, they reaped, I don't even want to call it the benefits, but they reaped what they sowed. Jesus, this individual that brings life, that creates, that grows, that brings light, was unable to help, was unable to bring favor, to bless these individuals because of their unbelief. And it wasn't just because oh, they didn't believe, it was because, unfortunately at times, it's things like familiarity. You know sometimes now people can get too familiar. People can get too comfortable. Listen to what it was, it was, isn't this Mary's son, Joseph, the carpenter up the road? I mean, who's that? Who is that? But yet he's coming here to try and teach me a thing or two. Again, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> and I think I've told this story already before. Like when I was doing studying, and um, it was uh, for an investment management, some, some sort of, and uh, there was, we was in the class and there was this math problem. And there was a young lady in there and uh, she was struggling with this particular problem. And I'd got it because I'm awesome, we've already established that. So I'm amazing, I'm over here being amazing in the corner. I see her struggling, I said, Jesus, tell me what to do. He says, go and help the girl. I said, okay. So I go over, and as I'm trying to help her, she's, she's really struggling and it's more of a case of, no, I'm not getting it. I don't understand it. <clears throat> me trying to now encourage her, you know, I was like, oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. Me. I, I had to retake my GCSEs twice. You know what I mean? So, like, if, if I can do it, you can do it. Do you know what she said? You retook your GCSE maths twice? No, it's all right. No, 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 no. I got an A in maths. I'm good. If you can do it, there's no way that I can't get it. Now, I don't know what in terms of what her education was and stuff like that. And she also asks what university I went to. <laughs> now, <laughs> I went to a university, um, Bedfordshire. I went to Bedfordshire, formerly Luton. It's not like, if you look on, um, if you look on like the top 100 unis, it's, uh, it's here, okay? It's here, it's about here. But, but irrespective of that, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It, but... Because of what she saw, she was like, oh, so you went to this uni and you, did, and you had to retake your own GCSEs. There's no way you can help me. I passed. 
because I'm awesome. And I'm over here being awesome for Jesus, anything. She failed. I can't help you. I wanted to. God told me to come and help you. But your disbelief, your familiarity, because you looked upon me like I was some side dish, like some Nando's rice, some olives on the corner, some gone off Kenke, the fish at the back of the freezer. You know when you have to peel it off now and it doesn't even think that one. She failed. She failed. I just like throwing these things out there. Will again, yeah? <laughs> so Will, your, so your team, you're in the team of what? How big is your team? Your swim team in, in KPMG? 30. 30, yeah? Okay. Where are 95%, or is it, yeah, what school did 95% of your team go to? Oxford and or Cambridge. Did you go to Oxford and or Cambridge? You didn't, no? You went to Brunel. But, but Will is in that team where his peers all went to Oxford and Cambridge. But Will's there. Same. Same. And the difference is there's a respect. There's a regard because it's like, we know what we've done to get here. And what you know, and if you, if you know what someone else's journey is and what someone else's struggle, even more higher. I've, in, in, my, in my career, I've managed people from Oxford and Cambridge. And I can tell you people, they don't like it. They don't like it. Do I care? No, God help me. I'm going to be good. I'll be good. Um, but no, no, I don't care. I don't. Because it's favor. Because of who I hold in high regard in my life, all I'm doing is reaping the benefits of those things. And by all means, it is important that good education, these are all things that are factors and they will help move you in life. But at the end of the day, there is something greater than all of these things. And because I have chosen to place that in the right place of my life, I reap the benefits of these things in my life. And this is what it will continue to be. Because, you know the phrase, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So if, if I'm honoring loving, giving my life to God, and in that I am reaping favor, blessings, honor. Why would I ever change something like that? Why would you? Furthermore, why would you not do it? You know, there are very intelligent people that don't believe in Christ, which is very stupid to me. I was like, but you have all this knowledge and all this sense, but yet you can't see the one thing, the one thing that is changing or will change your life. Who is to say, is it we, is it, and unfortunately, the people that Jesus couldn't help, we don't actually know whatever went on to them or where, or where their lives went on or what they did, but the fact of the matter is, 
Jesus was unable to allow, allow them to reap the benefits that he had come to give. He had come to give these benefits. These were the individuals he'd come for. But because of their familiarity, disbelief, and almost disregard, it's like, but I know you. I know your parents. You're basic. So how can you tell me how to live my life? But in doing that, what you don't understand is you're blocking. You're blocking your own blessings. You're blocking your own favor. And unfortunately, only you, because people can pray, people can fast, people can try to intercede on your behalf, but at the end of the day, if you yourself are not able to hold Christ where he should be in your life, you are gonna be the only person that slacks. Amen. Quite a punchy message, like I don't really have much of it, you know, left. Is that, you know, hopefully everyone's getting the gist of what I'm trying to say. Good stuff. <coughs> I want to talk about it. So, um, and in terms of just who you are, when people are going to judge you, you know this, you know you are judged every day whether you like it or not, whether you know about it or not. People, you are judged the second you come into contact with someone new. And you know why they always say first impressions make such the big, are the lasting impressions? Because in that moment, 95% of what you do thereafter is almost irrelevant because you have been judged on that moment and that is what people will take you for Going forward. It's, it's, that's the world we live in. It's not fair. It's not always right. And the funny thing is, even we ourselves, me, I'm guilty. Sometimes I judge people. I try to make a conscious effort not to, but unfortunately, I do. We all do. But you have to understand now, as Christians, as children of God, if we continue to stay true to ourselves and true to who we hold in this high regard, eventually, not overnight, nine out of ten times, not straight away, but eventually, the, we, just like God, begin to bear fruit. And just as as we hold this person in high regard and the fruits that we bear from that, people who, whatever regard that they begin to hold us in, they will bear that fruit. Whether it's good, not necessarily saying bad or nothing. Like, you'll either be able to help benefit someone's life, or unfortunately you may have no impact on their life. But that is not down to you. That is down to the individual and where they place you in their life. If I'm an apple, I can't say, you know what, 
Avira, you're the only person that will be able to eat me today. Or, do you know what, guys? As an apple, look, this is what my benefits are. Everyone eat me. You know. Everyone has been told five a day, right? Five a day. I don't eat five a day. I don't. So the benefits of what five fruit a day can offer me, I am not receiving. Do you understand? But it's not the apple's fault. It's not the pear's fault. It's not the orange's fault. Because they are still apples, oranges, and pears. Whether I eat them or not, they're not going to become mango. They're not going to become sultanas. It's the same. And if you are true to yourself, and you are true to the one that made you, people will then start to realize the benefits of you as an individual, as a child of God, or not, depending on whether they choose to use or, whether they, or where they regard you in their lives and how they understand you and where they place you in their life. That makes sense? It's funny, isn't it? All right. My last verse then. Have your priest bow. Can I get uh, Matthew 16, 13 to 20? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. 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 This was, do you know this whole message I've been talking about the same man? And where people have put him in their life, how people have perceived him, has shown what they reap. So he asks his disciples, who do you say I am? And some people are like, oh, you're another one of the prophets. Okay. So then... These people will be reaping the benefits as they did from John the Baptist, as they did from Elijah, because that's where they hold him. So that's what you're expecting to get. And that's what you probably will get. And Simon, Simon Peter was, you are the Christ. You are the living Christ. And Jesus was like, Yes. Yes, I am. And because you've put me here, 
this is what you will receive. Jesus had spent the same time with each and every single one of those disciples. And they had built their own relationships with him. And in doing so, over the time, they had put him in different areas of their lives. And they had perceived him to be a certain thing or of a certain importance in their lives. For some of the disciples, an Elijah, a John the Baptist was enough. It was enough for them. And that's what they will continue to receive. But for Simon Peter, he knew. And as soon as he declared to Jesus that this is who you are, that is when Jesus was almost prompting the other disciples. They were like, oh, so you're like this and like this. He's like, okay, yes, but who do you say? Where do you put me? That's great what they've said, but where do you hold me in your life? That's great what Ted said. That's great what Bill said. I know what Jamie said, but where do you hold me in your life? Because where you hold me in your life will dictate what you will reap from me in your life. And in doing that, and in knowing that, this is what you have. Jesus told Simon Peter what is now for him. Because you have seen, because you now know, this is what you will reap. This is what you will now receive because you have understood who I am, why I am here, and where, where you should hold me in your life. Once again, I'm not Jesus. Now, <clears throat> it's nowhere near in terms of the intents of this, but I mean, um, a couple months ago, I had in my role, I, I report into, let's say, about five managers, all on the same level, and then we all report into a, a greater manager. And this woman, um, Marilyn, her name was now, so my, my new line manager, we'd, we just started, and my old manager, who was leaving, I don't know how it is for you, but you know sometimes people on a month's notice, they kind of switch off. Like, you have to be there. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Everyone's, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that's me, yeah. So, you know, and they get a bit slack. Now, my manager before then got a bit slack. He knew he was leaving. He didn't really care. He wasn't really doing things he was supposed to be doing. Now, unfortunately, that, mean, that meant I couldn't do certain things because he hadn't done certain things. So when she came, the handover and everything, as it, it wasn't as good as it should have been. But me, I don't, well, I'm a very, at work, um, I'm a very calm person. <laughs> I know, I know, but I am. And um, I'm, I'm very laid back, very relaxed. Now sometimes, this can be perceived as being lazy. This can be perceived as being not caring. 
this can be perceived as being not interested. The reason I'm so calm and laid back is because if you see some of my colleagues and the stress that they're under and the nonsense that it causes them to do, that's not my portion. Stress doesn't really work well for me. But, I have, but unfortunately, I have two emotions. I'm, I'm very calm or I'm the Hulk. There's no, there's no in between with me. I'm a zero to a hundred person. And then I come from zero, and then I go from a hundred back to zero. But there's no gray area. I'm not annoyed, <laughs> I'm either fuming or I'm calm. So at work, I've never had to be the Hulk. <laughs> Amen, got bills to pay. So, um, so I keep the Hulk under wraps, but in doing that, I'm always calm. Now, when you have people around you that are panicking, so I'll have, I'll have staff around me like, oh my God, Stephen, look, we need to do this and the deadline's that, and I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. Don't worry about it, we got this. Sometimes that comes across like, you know what, Stephen's not taking this seriously. Stephen doesn't care about this deadline. We're all gonna get fired tomorrow because of Stephen. So, back to the story. So, in, and unfortunately, because my manager hadn't left this, um, this particular handover in the best shape, um, my new Mar manager, Marilyn, she wasn't, she wasn't happy, understandably. So we're sitting in a room now, we're going over stuff and all this kind of stuff. And in the meeting, she was like, okay, so what do you think about this? And I was like, well, this is this and this. This, is, this hasn't been done because this hasn't been done. And I'm just laying it out and she's like, okay. So, you know, like, then we need to really get on it. I was like, yeah, we will. What do you want to do? You're the boss. You know what I mean? I'm here to help. So anyway, now, so we came back um, the next day and we had a catch-up. In this catch-up, she said, you know what, Stephen? She's black, by the way, but um, I'll tell you, it's, it's needed for the story. Um, she's like, Stephen, you know, I, since the last day, I've, I've had feedback from the rest of the peers. And you know what? Sometimes you're a bit too laid back and they don't really like it, it doesn't come across well. So as your sister, <laughs> as your sister, I'm here to tell you, you need to buck up your ideas. And I was like, okay, is that it? Yeah, is there nothing else you wanna say? Okay, so we're good, yeah. I think she was expecting me to be like, no, but you don't under, no, 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 okay. You, your, your perception of me has already been concrete. There's nothing now I'm gonna say or do to change your mind. Why am I gonna waste my time trying to change your mind when your perception of me has already been concrete? Cool, let's crack on, shall we? Cool. Three weeks, people. <laughs> It's been three weeks. Now, in this time, she's in the mix of it. There was one thing now, yeah, that we were supposed to do. So there's a plan that we do. It's activity towards something. And um, because our last boss hasn't um, updated this plan properly, we're, we're getting flagged red on it. So there's a lot of attention on us. So anyway, we go through, we update it all. And I was like, cool. In this particular team that I now report to, there's four people. She's the manager, but then there's another two people in this team. I was like, okay, so this is Wednesday. We have to now submit this report on Friday. But on Friday, 
we have a meeting with the other two people. So um, people are asking, have you got the plan? Have you got the plan? She's like, yeah, it's done. And I was like, well, it's not because the other two people haven't seen it. She's like, my plan is done. We're good. So you want me to give it to these people now? Because once they, once they have it, that's concrete. This is now what they're going to be marking us against. It's fine. Give it to them. It's not going to be changing. There's going to be no issues with it. Friday comes, we have this meeting with the other two people. 40% of everything is now changed. I'm just sitting there. She gets on the phone, yeah? So we have this meeting. 40% of it is now changed. She calls me up, because it's a conference call. Stephen, can you believe they changed 40% of the plan? Yes. I can. Because I told you. So what do we do? We? Oh, where are we now? I was the un incompetent one, the lazy one, the slack one. Now you're stressing because you haven't listened. We go around the house. We do all this nonsense. We get it sorted eventually. Again, just up until last week, we were, we were doing this big workshop. We're still, we're still working towards all these things. She's like, Stephen, what do you think we should do? Before, now, do you know what? If I were you, I would do this, this, and this. Get this to this person at this time. Get this to this person at this time. She, do, she does these things. Everything goes. <laughs> In case you haven't heard that for the recording, that was. Okay. Yesterday, we're having a conversation. We're doing a review. She was like, Stephen, it all went really well. What do you think? I was like, yeah, it was good. She was like, do you know what, Stephen? I want to apologize. Because this whole time, I haven't got stressed. People are still stressing around me. I didn't realize just how much you do. And also, and also even for myself, where I'm stressing, I'll be reaching out to you because you're just so calm. That's actually a strength in this team. She goes, what are you doing this weekend? It's like, I'm going to give, um, I'm at church. I'm going to be, you know, giving a message. Oh, and what? Perception. Do you know what, Stephen? I knew you was a Christian. We was on the phone, so she didn't see my face and all these kind of things. But guys, staying true to who you are. Staying true to who you are. Staying true to the one that made you. It's not easy. Guys, it's not easy. But, but, people will see the fruit you bear. And whether they take them or not, they are the fruits you bear. And whether they decide to take and use those fruits will depend on the impact and the blessings and the favor that they will receive. We're now best friends. Best friends. Still calm. Still the same person, haven't changed. But it took time for her to understand who I am, 
why I am like this. And I felt it was quite amusing, the fact that she knew I was a Christian. I want to finish with this last verse. So remember, the verse that we've written, so it's Galatians 6, bro. And it's one thing I love about the Bible. And this is one thing that we all do. You know how people like to take a verse and, and use that verse. And that verse will be, but you don't read the rest of the verse. And then the rest of the verse here can completely change the meaning of the rest of what you're saying. Amen? Stop doing it, people. <laughs> I used to be like you. And then it backfired on me once. And I've never done it again. I always have to get caught out. That's one thing about me. I always, I'll do something. Once I get caught out, I'll never do it again. Amen. So Galatians 6. But can you read from... Eight to ten, please. Galatians six, eight to ten. Galatians six, verse eight. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially of those to those who are of the household of faith. Amen. Amen. So if you are reaping what you're sowing, the Bible tells us, try to reap the good things. Because in reaping good things, you will sow good things. You know, it always says where you can be peaceably amongst men. Not to say there's any guarantee that these people will be good. But once you are sowing good into great things. When you sow good into your Lord God, you reap great things. When you sow bad things into God, you reap nothing. It doesn't change who God is. If you all left Christ today, he is the same Jesus Christ. He is just as powerful and mighty as he's always been. But the more you turn to him, the more you grow with him, the more you invest in him, you will start to reap the benefits of what God has already given to you. Remember I said, all of this favor is yours to lose. Not to gain, to lose. Because you already have it. It is yours. You will always, you will always come across people that will perceive you differently. You will come across people that will perceive you as nothing. You will come across people that want to perceive you as a certain level and they're happy with that and they may or may not receive that. But then you will have people that perceive you where you should be. And you yourselves know that people who love you, respect and honor you, whether we like it or not, and let's be honest, you naturally do more for those. You naturally be better for those. And that's what it is like with God. It's not bias. It's not, oh, if you love me, love you. It's like a book. The knowledge is there. The Bible is there. But it can either be used 
as a doorstop or it can be used as the key to your savior. And it is up to you what you choose to do with it that will see you reap what God has planned for you. So family, look, all I ask is my closing message that when it comes to people, just remember you will reap what you sow. When it comes to God, you will reap what you sow. This is part one, how people perceive us. Part two is how we perceive ourselves. Stay tuned. And that's it. That's the message. Amen. Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.